Welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to episode 63 of the Cannabis 101 podcast, where it's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Depending on what time you are listening to this, I'm just thankful that you've chosen to download the show and I hope you will check out past episodes. If you're new, welcome to the program. This is how we start things off. I want to find out what's your groove. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Can you dig it? Kind of grabs you by the boo boo, don't it? Pipe in a crepe, long in a blitz. This is great. This is the bee's knees. Can you dig it? So when I say what's your groove, I mean, if you're listening to this show and you're getting high, you're grooving, tell me what you're going with. Uh, maybe you have a, maybe it's a joint. Maybe you got some CBD. Maybe it's an edible. Pipe and a crepe, and a blintz. Who knows? Whatever you're grooving with, I would love to know, you know, where, what, give me the five W's of what's going on. I, right now I've got some fireside shatter, uh, the glueberry, uh, in the Utilian five. Picked up both of these at uh, Plant Life in St. Albert. We got a, a Jensen Lakes shop, and then we have an Aaron Ridge shop. And I went to both of them uh, at different times and picked up some shatter. And I've been vocal about this shatter in the past because uh, it does sometimes stick to the small little glass tub that it comes in. Well, the first time uh, it was great. It was in shards. The second time I used it, it was uh, just one hard glob. Uh, and then finally they came out with some uh, wax paper inside it so it doesn't stick. Uh, so bravo to uh, Fireside. You know, I mentioned it on uh, Instagram and somebody got back to me and, and we kind of chatted about it and I'm sure other people were did as well. But anyway, the product is great. So this Utilian 5 is awesome. It's got four settings. Uh, just It's all one button, just different clicks. And, I, and I, listen, maybe I'm a lightweight. I don't know, but I use like the very bottom setting. Uh, I use like the, the, the lowest you can go and it's great for me. So excuse me, as I've been talking, I've been, uh, getting this charged up. I'm going to get my groove on and it's also got these great, um, air holes that you can, uh, adjust, uh, from zero all the way up to four, if you want to, a lot of air intake as well. So Brilliant. I love the different products, uh, not only the, you know, the, the types of things like shatter, but the accessories that we are seeing. It is awesome. A little bit later on, I'll be using the supernova. That is, uh, the vi uh, volcano hybrid, uh, that I have used click and collect that Nova cannabis. That's why I call it the supernova. So this is what's coming out on the hash pipe on this show today. Jesse Lavoy, 
uh, is from tobagrown.ca. He also uh, represents stores in Bickle um, in North America. He's one of the the uh, key account managers for stores in Bickle. He's going to give us a great tip on if you have a volcano, on what you can do to get more out of your cannabis. But the primary reason, and Stores and Bickle has nothing to do with this, but the primary reason we're going to have him on is to talk about the constitutional challenge he is going with in Manitoba right now. You can find out more information at www.tobagrown.ca and we'll have a full conversation with Jesse, who is fighting the good fight in my home province. It breaks my heart uh, that Manitoba won't let people grow. David Wiley, he's the guy who brought us that story, the attention of that story last week. Of course, he's from the OZ. This week in Cannabis News, they are making medical cannabis easier. At least one um, company thinks they can do that. We'll talk about some restructuring at Aurora, some backpedaling on a story we talked about last week from one of the people involved in the story, and we're gonna do a little product reviews. We're gonna talk about some of the things we really like uh, about the new wave of uh, cannabis uh, season two, as I like to call it. Chris Ionson of Nova Cannabis Jasper Ave on what's that strain as per usual. He's our educator, North 40 Colada by Farmstead. It is groovy. Uh, oh man, I'm, I'm really loving the stuff that we're getting because the look of this cannabis. Uh, for anybody that tells you cannabis is just green, uh, sorry. You need to see, we'll have some pictures up on the uh, Twitter account uh, at the Cannabis 101. It's gorgeous. And Malcolm LaBelle from the Green Generation Co. on the business of cannabis. We're going to discuss boosting the economy with cannabis. Your cannabis question is about the munchies, and we'll also tell you about the Weed Weekly and how you can get in our giveaway every week. All right, let's get it going with the cannabis question. It's prize time. Chime in on the cannabis question. Okay. And you could win a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. Pipe in a crepe, bong in a blint. Hit us up on any of our social media feeds or email us at cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Okay, here we go. So what we have going today is a question about your favorite snack, your go-to snack when you get the munchies. Maybe you don't have one. Maybe you just have a cupboard full of things, or maybe you're one of the really smart people that has a whole bunch of healthy snacks, like apples or bananas or something on hand, so you're not getting into the chips and the candy. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a salt guy most of the time, chips and dip, popcorn, things like that, but when I get the munchies with cannabis, I re I get I get the sweet tooth. So I want chocolate or the thing I really love is the Maynard's wine gums. Um, that's I don't know why. Uh, me and my buddies have always had those for some reason. So that's that's it for me is Maynard wine gums. Um, but I want to hear from you and I want you to send me a send me a picture the next time you get the munchies. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're getting the munchies, what are you eating? Send me a picture. I want to see it. Uh, hit me up at the Cannabis 101 on uh, Twitter, uh, Cannabis 101 Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And you can email us, Cannabis101Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, just let us know if you want to stay uh, anonymous uh, or if we can uh, use the picture to uh, show your munchies. You can definitely stay anonymous and you can still win the prize pack. So we'll have a Cannabis 101 prize, prize, prize podcast prize package, easy for me to say, available for somebody 
who chimes in on the cannabis question. As for what pairs well with cannabis, that's anything that goes well with cannabis, in your opinion. Uh, earlier today, I went for a nice, beautiful walk in the sun with my wife, took my Utilion 5 with me, and yeah, had a couple of hits. Really just enjoyed the sunshine. We sat down on a grassy hill and just chilled out. And we're not going to have a lot of those days anymore. The the They're already getting shorter, and it's going to be cold soon. So I really want to soak up as much sun and outdoor time as I can. And I always find, uh, you know, taking uh, a hit here and there uh, really, really makes it that much uh, more enjoyable. All right, before we get to our guest, Jesse Lavoy of tobagrown.ca, I want to tell you about the Weed Weekly. You can get the latest on what is happening with the Cannabis 101 podcast by subscribing to the Weed Weekly at Cannabis101podcast.ca. If you sign up, you're in the mix for our prize pack every week, but only for subscribers. And if you're one of those subscribers, you do know that you've got to let me know that you know you've won. So check out the newsletter, the Weed Weekly, when it comes in every Friday, we'll do the wheel of names and we'll award a prize. So if you're a subscriber, make sure you're checking to see if you've won. If you're not a subscriber, head to Cannabis101podcast.ca, subscribe, and you're in the mix for the Weed Weekly. Jesse Lavoy from tobagrown.ca after we hear uh, the weed song from the artist My Dead Dog, who also has some Manitoba roots. Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Pleased to welcome in to the program, Jesse Lavoie, who is the North American Key Account Manager for Stores in Bickle. And while we are going to touch a little bit on uh, a really cool tip when, if for the Volcano Hybrid that you gave to me, Jesse. Uh, we're going to talk about that in, in a little bit. Uh, and then at some point, we're going to bring you back and we're really going to dive into uh, some of the products that you guys have. But we want I wanted to bring you on to talk about uh, something else that's that's going on right now with you uh, that doesn't have anything to do with uh, stores and Bickle, but that gives us a reference of, of what you do in the industry. And we're going to get to that in a second. But first of all, can you tell us, I like to ask everybody what they did before they entered the cannabis space. And for you, that's obviously very pertinent to this story. No, uh, well, first of all, Dean, thank you so much for having me on the show here. And uh, to answer your question, it's probably going to be, you know, pretty out there. I, I was um, I was a prison guard right before uh, getting into the cannabis industry and was in the army before that. And um, while, while being a prison guard, I'd always wanted to be a police officer. So I was aiming my entire life to become a police officer, preferably in Winnipeg. And uh, on my last shift as a prison guard, I was involved in an extremely violent incident that ended with a loss of life. Uh, the, the, the offender, unfortunately, didn't make it out of the incident. And uh, that really pivoted my entire life direction. I, I was lost. I was injured physically and psychologically. 
And, uh, you know, cannabis was the medicine I used to, uh, really turn my whole life around. Uh, it helped, uh, it helped with my, all my physical injuries, my inflammation, and then it helped, uh, me sleep at night and really open up to the, the therapist I was talking to during that incident. So, you know, I started as a correctional officer and then actually became the international, uh, drug dealer, but on the legal front. <laughs> yeah. Uh, interesting. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, you know, obviously we all wish that you didn't have to, to go through what you went through. And, and I've heard, uh, you know, different stories from different people in that field that it can be very traumatic and you, 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 you get there, uh, or you come out of that thanks to, to cannabis. What were, what were some of the ways cannabis kind of helped you? As you mentioned, it helped you open up. Um, did, did it help you, uh, uh, physically as well as, uh, as, as some of the, maybe the, the mental hurdles that you had to get through? No, absolutely. I, I came out of there with, uh, quite a bit of, uh, inflammation, you know, swelling, uh, bruising and, you know, a few, few things that, uh, weren't in the places they should have been. And, um, you know, cannabis, the CBD really helped with the inflammation part and the THC was really helping me with uh, the pain. Um, and then obviously on this uh, psychological front, uh, you know, sleeping was really tough for me cause I'd have, um, I'd have nightmares about the incident. So, uh, cannabis would help knock me out for the full night. So that, those are the two, uh, two main things that really helped with. And from there, um, you, it, it leads you not only to recovery, but to a new career. Um, was there a kind of like an aha moment that you had during your recovery that said, you know, this is, this is helping me with my life. Maybe it can help me with a new career. Uh, you know, it was 2016 and cannabis, um, stocks like on the stock market were really just coming, coming to light. And I knew that this would be a, you know, a massive in industry because it's, reoccurring revenue, um, you know, on the cannabis and accessory sales. So I started researching uh, publicly traded cannabis companies, and I came across one that being Namaste Technologies. And I really loved what they were doing. So I, I guess the aha moment was like the 35th call I, I made to their CEO pitching him ideas. And he finally gave me a job. Wow, uh, that's amazing, uh, and and you you know you transition into now uh, working with uh, stores and Bickle, so uh, you know it's it's great to see that cannabis has helped you go from uh, you know a literal dark place into uh, a new career, and and now uh, something else that you're taking on. Tell us what exactly is going on at www.tobagrown.ca, and and what it is that you're hoping to accomplish. Well, to Toba Grown is the website and social media where people can get all the information and up-to-date uh, notifications on this constitutional challenge I've uh, taken up against the Manitoba government. So the, the federal government of Canada legalized the right to grow up to four plants. Uh, my government that where I, where I live in Manitoba, that's a province in Canada, they decided to uh, do an outright ban and large fine on anyone caught growing four plants or less. So I, um, this was bugging me ever since this ban was put into place and, you know, with, with COVID being, being at home and, uh, not traveling for work, I, I finally had the time to start doing research into this and, uh, it's something I, I, I filed about two weeks ago now. And when you say large fine, we're talking over $2,500. Yeah. 2,542 bucks. If you get caught growing four plants or less, and you know, I, I'm sure that'll give you problems at the U S border if you're trying to get across there as well. Yeah, a, a more than $2,500 fine for doing something that all of your neighboring provinces uh, are doing. And we'll get into, uh, you know, maybe how one province uh, tried to 
uphold this as well and got defeated in a second. So what reasons have you been given for why Manitobans are not allowed to grow the four plants at home like everybody else? So there's two main reasons that the, the government has put forward. One is to keep the, the black market, which is no, known as the illegal market, at bay, which they are losing that battle on because, you know, on the black market, you can get cannabis for about a quarter of the cost and, um, you know, delivered to your house. And then the other, um, the other uh, thing they're, they're saying is that it damages your house from mold and, you know, potential fires. But Yes, you know, people have grown three, four hundred plants in their house illegally and not uh, with dehumidifiers or proper ventilation. Yeah, that'll cause damage. But four plants with tons of knowledge out there and instructions, um, you're, I don't think you're going to see much damage at all, if, if any. Well, and the 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 black market excuse is laughable. I mean, who starts a drug cartel or a cannabis cartel on four plants? I, I don't know how anybody uh, would do that. So that's a little bit of a, a laughable one. Now, what do you think the benefits of home growing would be for Manitobans? And, and what kind of an impact do you think that would have on re- the retail sector of cannabis? Well, the big thing for Manitobans in general is, you know, cost of savings. If, if cannabis, if you're like me and cannabis is your only vice, like no tobacco, no alcohol, and you're going to a, a recreational store and paying $15 a gram, well, you're going you're gonna to rack up hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month on something you could grow at your, you know, in your own property. Um, so that's one, definitely cost savings. Finding a new hobby like across Canada, there's communities and workshops where people are are coming together, exchanging strains and techniques. Um, and to answer your question on the rec sales, well, a, a normal harvest takes four months to, uh, to grow and, and to harvest. So you're still going to need to buy your cannabis somewhere for those four months. And then, you know, these, re- these legal stores can start selling grow equipment. They could start selling more accessories because people have more disposable income in their cannabis fund, let's call it, to, to spend on that kind of stuff versus you know, 15 bucks a gram, every gram, that's, you know, one joint done. Yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing when you look at, um, you know, something that everybody else is allowed to do, you're not allowed to do. And the answer to that is paying more. I I mean, you're right, The, the people that that can't afford to buy at the retail market that would grow at home are going to go to the black market because they can't afford the retail market. And and the other thing is you can grow at home and still buy at the retail store. I mean, you know, you're only growing four plants. Well, you might want not have a, a strain that you're growing or that you have grown. So you might want to go get your blue dream somewhere. So nobody is saying that you aren't going to go. And, and here's the other thing that I'm not sure if anybody is really uh, discussed anyway, is that Somebody starts, you allow people to grow at home and they start growing at home. Well, maybe that leads to them getting a new career at uh, an LP somewhere or within the industry. I mean, you teach somebody a little bit and then they can go and use that uh, for else. So you you could actually be, you know, stimulating a little bit of the the, the job economy and, and filling some of those roles that are out there and creating new careers for people this way. No, I totally agree with you. Like if people might find their passion, like I have working in the cannabis industry, you know, when I was 18 years old, wanting to be a cop, there's no way I would have thought I would be in the cannabis industry. But, you know, you don't know what you want until you want it. And just one more thing on the rec stores, you know, you could, you're legally allowed to make your own wine and beer at home, but mm-hmm. I, I don't see people not going to the liquor stores or the beer stores. There's, there's still lineups around the block. So I, I think people will still buy at the rec stores as well. 
Yeah, and 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 that's the other thing. Uh, like Manitoba could could phone you tomorrow, or Manitoba, the provinces phone you. The government could phone you tomorrow and say, "Hey, we decided to lift it. Everybody, you know, you're you're allowed to grow now." Well, you're not going to see the entire adult province rushing out to start growing. There are people that have no interest. You're just giving the option for people that are interested. There is no way, just like when they legalized cannabis, the entire country didn't go up and smoke. There are people that do not use cannabis. So it seems a little bit strange and almost exaggerated some of the reasons that they're going with and the expectations that they're thinking allowing people to grow plants at home will have. And, you know, I get if this was two years ago when cannabis was just becoming legal, you know, everyone didn't know what to expect and there may have been some some nerves, but it's been two years since the rest of Canada has been allowed to grow four plants. And we haven't seen these, you know, massive push of homegrown cannabis into the black market or children eating a, a growing plant and getting hurt or, you know, the list goes on. That if it was two years ago, I wouldn't be doing this challenge, but it's been two years, no incident. So now it needs to happen. Yeah, that's another really, really good point. And so, yeah, two years, we're coming up on the two-year anniversary. And in that time, something took place in Quebec that might be able to help your challenge. Tell us about that story. So uh, in Quebec, someone was charged with um, the the fine that uh, Quebec had in place, which was, you know, under $200 versus our over 2000 fine. And someone fought against that in a constitutional challenge. And they were successful. Actually, the, the the judge who overturned the Quebec ban had the same last name as me, which threw some fuel in the fire. But Quebec, hmm. Quebec currently, the, the government of Quebec is appealing that. So people in Quebec still can't grow, even though the last ruling said you're allowed to grow now. So I, I'm starting the process here in Manitoba. I, I hope our government sees, like, okay, this isn't a time for us to spend money on battling uh an unconstitutional ban that we put into place and just reverses it. But obviously I'm very prepared for the long game if that's the way they want to go. Yeah. You kind of have to dig in just, you know, and especially with uh, the the time that we're living in, everything is uh, probably delayed a little bit and, and still pushed back from when, when things were shut down, especially in that sense. So uh, tell us about, uh, you know, you, you've, you're working with a law firm. So who's the law firm you're working with? What was the initial reaction when you contacted them? Oh, uh, so I'm working with MLT Akins, and the reason I, I laughed is I, I talked to a lot of law firms, and MLT Akins, when I went into into their uh, our, their office and met the team that I would potentially be working with, the excitement in their eyes, the the drive and passion they had for something they haven't even been retained for yet, really jumped out at me. So I'm, I'm very happy with the team uh, we uh, they've put in front of me there, and I hope uh, the Manitoba government likes them as well. Did you have uh, law firms that said, yeah, we're not going near this, that, that didn't want to get involved with this or, or just didn't want to get involved in a cannabis case? I, I did have a few that, uh, that turned me down and the, their reasoning, not because they didn't want to get involved in the cannabis space, it was because of a conflict of interest. So if they had represented the, the government or the Manitoba Liquor and Cannabis Commission before, then they, they weren't able to, mm. to back me against them. Okay, so nobody really turned you down out of thinking this is not a good idea. No, no, I, you know, from everyone I talked to, they they all said, you know, this is definitely not a losable case and could be a winnable case. So that's that's lawyer speak for uh, yeah. you have you, you probably have a good chance, but we're not going to put our name saying you're going to win. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, where are you then in the kind of the grand scheme of things? Uh, you know, I, I think you mentioned you're you're doing the early stages, so. 
So what's where are you now and, and what's the process? So currently we've filed our notice of application that just lets the government know, hey, we're coming. This is the initial court date we want to we want to file. So that that's that's been uh, that's been put into place. Next step, I need to have my affidavit um, filled filled out and handed in by the end of the month. And we have our first court appearance at the end of this month as well, where we will most likely discuss a scheduling agreement. Uh, we're pushing for right away, and we're anticipating that the government's going to want to push this back a bit. So we're going to have to find uh, middle ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as you as oftentimes in these uh, situations, and you know, this is a constitutional challenge. This isn't a lawsuit. So, is it? Um, you know, what what are your lawyers telling you about? You know, you, you kind of said you got a good chance, as your lawyer said. But what are they telling you about as you go through this process? What it's going to be like? What your chances are? You know, what it's because it's not a lawsuit. It's a constitutional challenge. So it's a little bit different. Yeah, it is very different. Uh, you know, in, in normal cases, you'd you'd, uh, you'd file, then start building your case, finding uh, witnesses. But this has been front load heavy. Like we've done, you know, over 150 hours or more of research just on this case before filing, and and you know, other cases even that don't relate to the cannabis industry. We've just built an arsenal of of research and data even before filling out our notice of application. So. It's it's very different from a normal case. We've already built our entire argument. Now we filed, and you know now it's just waiting for the government to to give us our time in court. So what's the buzz been like around this? Uh, you know, I grew up in Brandon. Uh, I lived in Winnipeg uh, for for a time as as well. Uh, has the the you know it, first of all, it disappoints me that uh, my home province is going this route and that you have to invest so much time in this. But kudos to you. Uh, for doing that. What's the buzz been uh, around this? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a, a cannabis podcast, so I have some obvious interest in this, but some of the mainstream media jumping on board with this story too? So the buzz has been overwhelmingly positive. There's obviously a massive cannabis community here in Manitoba who's just blown up about it and they're really excited. Um, I've been interviewed by CTV, CBC, Global, Winnipeg Free Press, CJOB, like it's just a long list of of news news agencies that have reached out. And the, the group of people who, who don't, you know, consume cannabis or are kind of against it were shocked that to find out that Manitoba is the only province that still has a, you know, a prohibition on uh, something that's federally legal. So it's it's been support from places I, I didn't think I'd see it from, to be honest. Huh, that's really interesting. It, it's funny, people that are, are anti-cannabis might their, their pride might kick in saying, oh, my God, our, our Manitoba reputation is going to take a hit because, you know, we're, we're, we're not allowing something that is legal everywhere else. So while they might not be uh, pro-cannabis, they're pro-Manitoba and, and worried about that reputation. So that's where they might jump in on this, right? I'd say so. We are a province that is filled with farmers. And if, a, if our government's saying that a province full of farmers can't responsibly grow four plants or less, even though the federal government says we can I think there will be a lot of people jumping on being, hey, what what's going on here? Why why are Manitobans so special? Yeah, this is definitely a, a crop uh, of uh, that that farmers, um, you know, four plants and, you know, get, maybe it gives farmers an idea from there of, of, of getting into something bigger. Like I said before with the grower, that's a perfect example. A farmer can start with his four plants and see how he will be at it and then see what he might want to do on a, on a, on a larger level. What, what uh, if any negative feedback uh, have you received uh, from this? 
there, there's been a few comments out there that uh, actually put a smile on my face. Um, there's, you know, we have a Manitoba real estate board here who uh, commented on CTV News that they're standing behind the, the Manitoba government because they believe it's there's health risks for living near a grow and it could damage your house. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing the case studies they put in front of us because we haven't found any that back that up. And, um, you know, there's people in Manitoba who can get a medical license to grow hundreds of plants, um, but they don't seem to be having the these issues that, um, you know, these comments have brought up. So it's it's going to be very interesting. I'm, I'm being careful of what I say here because we, mm-hmm. we don't want to show all our cards, but uh, if uh, the negatives I've, I've heard so far, if that's what they're coming with, um, I feel even more confident than uh, before. Yeah, it, it will be interesting to see the the research studies that that prove their claims because that's what one thing I did want to ask about is people are allowed to grow plants at home for medical reasons, correct? In Manitoba, correct. You can get a license for over 150 plants in your in your house, and it's very it's very easy but lengthy process to get this license. So you know, regular people can't have four plants. I shouldn't say regular people. I meant like uh, recreational people can. Right, can right. Yeah non-medical can have uh can have four plants but medical users can have 100 200 that just doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. and also we're talking about growing marijuana not meth where things explode and you know it's just a (laughs) it's such a different situation so there you go you have you have people growing lots of lots of different plants in their home for medical reasons where we haven't had this outbreak of mold or or places blowing up because of it so i think we can handle four plants it'll be interesting as this goes you do have a gofundme account set up how can people donate where is that at right now so the gofundme uh, i have links all over my website and social media you can go to gofundme and type in uh, constitutional challenge manitoba and you'll definitely see my videos there um i've had great support so far we're just under seven thousand dollars uh raised i have uh I have liquidated most of my assets and I am prepared to, to cover this um, this entire challenge and the appeal and su- Supreme Court appeal if need be. But any support Manitobans can give or, you know, across Canada, I'd greatly appreciate it. Yeah, let's uh, let's help get Manitobans the same rights as uh, recreational cannabis fans everybody else has. And uh, if you enjoy growing your four plants at home, throw a few bucks uh, Jesse's way and, and help them out. And the one thing that you guys do have in Manitoba that none of us seem to have is delivery. And I'm talking about store to door. I mean, you can order from the ALGC uh, or the AGLC here in, in uh, Alberta and it'll be shipped to your house. But I'm talking about like we can I can order from Plant Life, uh, which I am going to do later on and then go pick it up. Uh, but I can't get order from Plant Life and get them to deliver it to my door. That happens in Manitoba, though, does it not? It does. You know, I, I used that service uh, back in April. Uh, it's called Pineapple Express. And how, how it worked is I went to uh, Tweed's uh, e-commerce store. I purchased, uh, you know, about seven grams of cannabis and some oil and uh, clicked the, you know, same day delivery Pineapple Express option. And it was like skip the dishes almost. They gave me a call when they were on the way. They gave me a call when they were at the door quick uh government id check and here you go that is so don't this this is i i love manitoba but it's so backwards that you're not allowed to grow but you can get it delivered where everybody else you can grow 
but you can't get it delivered. It's like Manitoba just wanted to be opposite of everybody in that situation. So I, I hope that changes and I, and I hope the rest of us can get delivery as well. I, I think that's great that Manitoba allows that. We should be allowed, especially the senior demographic during COVID. They're being told to stay home. Well, they're one of the fastest growing cannabis demographics out there. So stay home, but you have to go to get your cannabis. Delivery should be everywhere. Growing for plants should be everywhere. I, I, this is just a, a no-brainer for me to to keep cannabis safer as well. And it's it's all about access. Like when the federal government legalized it, they they wanted people to have uh, access to cannabis. So you know, a delivery service like we have here in Manitoba, I, I'm pretty sure they're they're posed to to go across Canada. So hopefully, you don't have too long of a wait. No doubt. Uh, what are your thoughts on legalization so far? As mentioned, we're coming up to another anniversary. How do you think we as a country with a lot of eyes on us, how do you think we've done from a consumer's perspective and from the government perspective? You know, that, that's a great question. I, um, I, I, I've traveled a lot, um, you know, across North America, across Europe, and you, you hit the nail on the head there that there are a lot of eyes on Canada as the first, you know, massive country to to go full legal on the recreational level across the federal level so i think we've you know it's a learning process we're not running on roads we're paving roads so i I, you know there's been some negatives and there's been a lot of positives i think canada is moving in the right direction you know once we can get advertising going more um you know edibles with more milligrams in them I, i think i think we're just it's it's a lot of fun where we're currently at, but you know, in five years, I think we're going to be looking looking back and being like, "Wow, why wasn't it like this then?" And mm-hmm. uh, to, to one last thing on that, these these new drinks that are coming out, I um, you know, when I first heard about drinks, I was a little skeptical, but I've been thoroughly enjoying those on hot summer days. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, I, I think that you know, as a whole, when when cannabis first, recreational cannabis first was legalized. Um, you know, there there wasn't a whole lot of product, but it was new. And then slowly, there were more products added. And I think that was smart. Um, you know, I use the analogy that if you ever have given a toy to a kid and then you have to take it away, it's not a pleasant situation. And that happened in Denver with uh, with some situations. So the, the big balloon of cannabis that they have and they're letting out little by little uh, has worked well. Uh, and it'll be neat to see from year two to four or five, like you said, the, the real changes and the real growth i think we've taken some some steps and then year two to five i think is time for some really big steps and and that leads me to what you think the next big thing in cannabis in canada will be you know i i would have said this before before covid consumption lounges i think are going to be huge i've traveled across california they have a few there where you know like, like a bar you can go in there and either have a vaporizer that's on the table there or get a cannabis drink or, and enjoy some comedy or some entertainment. You know, I think that will be the the next big thing, like bringing people together inside, um, uh, you know, licensed establishments and serving cannabis like it is alcohol. Yeah. And meals, cannabis infused, you know, whatever your meal is made with cannabis, uh, eating and, uh, you know, cannabis and flavors and all that. It's, it's brilliant. I can't wait for, for sort of those things, those cannabis restaurants or just a lounge and all of that stuff. I think, uh, you know, kind of ties into cannabis tourism a little bit, right? Like duty free cannabis. Can you imagine that? Like I was coming back from, from Mexico, um, about a year, about a year ago and, or sorry, almost a year and a half ago now. And, um, 
walking through there, I, I said to my my girlfriend, you know, one day cannabis will be like this because you're walking through duty free and it's like shelves and shelves of, of alcohol from all around the world. Can you imagine you're walking, you're walking home and it's like, oh, uh, through the airport and oh, I'm going to get this strain from Argentina and this one from uh, from South um, South Africa. And you, you know what I mean? Just duty free. I think that will be extremely cool. That is, uh, I've never even thought of that before, but that is such a good idea, especially with some, like there's a, we talked about a bunch of eyes on Canada. All those eyes are on Canada because a lot of these countries are looking at doing the same thing and looking at the, uh, uh, the, the financial gain that you can get. And we saw the spike in, in, you know, retail outlets during COVID. So, you know, especially when some of these other countries start legalizing, it's going to be so much fun to, uh, to travel. Okay. We mentioned off the top, uh, that you are with stores and Bickle, North American key account manager, and we're going to bring you back down the road and we're going to dive into some of those products, but, uh, I am lucky to have, a volcano hybrid. I call it uh, my supernova because I bought it uh, uh, from my educator, Chris Ionson at Nova Cannabis on Jasper Ave. So, uh, and it's just super. So uh, it's my supernova. And you gave me a little bit of a tip the other day about when you're using the, the volcano hybrid. I don't know if this happens with the other volcanoes, but can you, can you run through, um, you know, what somebody, if they have a volcano hybrid, how they should actually do the process to get more out of their cannabis? Absolutely. And I'm, I'm so glad you love that trick. When I when I tell people that trick, they're like, that makes so much more sense that your balloons are so much cloudier than mine. So when you when you fill the filling chamber up, and that's the piece that goes on top of the uh, the volcano, that's where your cannabis is stored. Before putting the balloon on, throw the fan on for five or 10 seconds, you'll start to see vapor come out around the five or six second mark. And when it starts to get a bit thicker, then throw your balloon on because if you throw your balloon on right away, and hit right when you hit the uh, the air button, you're going to get five five to 10 seconds of just hot air with no THC or CBD in there. So if you want pure clouds, let it run for a bit. So that's so interesting. Um, you heat it up, get to your temperature, click the air button, wait till you see a little vapor and then throw it on there. And since I've been doing that, you're right. The, the clouds have been enormous and, and it allows you uh, to get more out of your cannabis. Like I can notice my cannabis, uh, I'm getting more out of it. I'm getting more enjoyment. So that is simply outstanding. Uh, throw it on, hit the air button, wait till you see some vapor, and then it gets thick, throw it on there. It's a, it's a great trick. And we're going to get into a little bit more of that stuff with Stores and Bickle because you guys have some really cool products and they're all well-made. Uh, that's the, the great thing. But Jesse, I want to thank you so much for joining me on the show today uh on behalf of uh, cannabis enthusiasts everywhere thank you and on behalf of uh manitobans and former manitobans thank you because this is something that unfortunately you have to do i wish you didn't have to do uh, but you're blazing a trail for growers behind you and best of luck where is the best way people can find information and help you out in this constitutional challenge you can type, uh, well, thank you so much, Dean. And you can type Toba Grown into Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or just go to tobagrown.ca. I'll have my email address on there. You can reach out to me directly if you have any questions. And again, Dean, thank you so much. This is my first podcast and I've really enjoyed it. This has been awesome. I can't wait to bring you back and talk a little stores and Bickle and get an update on uh, the challenge. Jesse, thanks so much. Keep up the good fight, man. Thank you so much. We'll, we'll see you next time. is the Cannabis 101 podcast. 
your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. What a dude, man. That is a, a great guy for the cannabis world, not just the cannabis industry, but uh, this is a guy who's taken on the government to let people grow in Manitoba. So keep it up, uh, tobagrown.ca. Uh, pitch in if you can. I know times are tight right now, but uh, definitely if you can, uh, throw them some few bucks. And, and make sure you check out One Hitters. It'll come out uh, early next week as we get to know Jesse and his cannabis history. You can find that and full episodes at cannabis101podcast.ca where you can subscribe to the Weed Weekly and qualify for the Friday giveaway. What's happening? We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News. David Wiley from the OZ joins me as usual on This Week in Cannabis News. And of course, you can find David online at OkanaganZ.com. Check out their Twitter account, OkanaganZ, and follow David at Wiley Writer. Um, last time we talked, we were chatting about, you know, this is a beautiful time of the year. Have the leaves continued to change color? Or are you guys uh, rebounding with sun right now? Well, we're in the wonderful uh, Okanagan Valley where there's lots of orchards. So for me personally, I'm kind of in the midst of apples right now. And when I go outside, that's what I can smell. And again, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Fall is my favorite time of the year, not just because it's my birthday season, but because the fall is great. It's harvest time and in the cannabis industry. We love harvest time, do we not? Uh, we indeed do. Uh, it is a beautiful time of the year, and it's a good time for medical cannabis patients uh, because they have some clarity thanks to the Cannabis Standard Index. This is kind of a new thing happening right now. We'll see if it takes off. Uh, my own experience with medical cannabis hasn't been great. The, the process is you know, like trees of red tape, and I'm trying to see the forest sometimes. Uh, you know, it took me more than a month and a lot of hoops to jump through to get my own medical cannabis. And, uh, you know, there, there's something that's now come along, thankfully, we're due for it, that does make it easier to get medical cannabis. And that, they're calling themselves the Cannabis Standard Index. So this comes from the Reformulary Group which announced this month that it has a, quote, innovative, independent, and evidence-based index of medical cannabis products. So this is an index that basically categorizes, um, you know, different things that are available on what they say is an objective uh, data scale that allows people to basically um, get more accurate, detailed information. And, you know, that's... Um, could be the makeup of what it is, where it comes from, what the price is, uh, the composition, those sorts, of, those sorts of things. So what, really what we're trying to do now um, in the cannabis industry is narrow down what people want, what people need, what is important to um, particularly medical patients. And that's something that has not really been available right now. So it's kind of cool to see a company come out and do their own thing when it comes to this uh, you know, sect of the market. You know, it's so interesting. I, I talk so much on this show about 
providing as much information for the consumer as possible. More information than just the THC or how much CBD or, C, you know, it's great that we're learning about these new uh, cannabinoids like uh, CBG and things like that, but more information is needed on the on the rec side, I think, as far as uh, terpene composition, when it was harvested, all those things. And, and I'm not sure just exactly what the information that's going to be available, but if I think it's important for the rec market, I think it's doubly important for the medical side when you're actually trying to find a specific um, plant strain cultivar that does what you specifically want it to do. You need that information to find that out. I can't believe that this is kind of now just happening. And I and I guess as as you pointed out, uh, this is a um, uh, a process that certainly needs to be smoothed out. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's really interesting when you talk about the different makeup. I think about food products, and you can look on them, and you can get your nutritional values. And I think that's doubly important for cannabis products, and like you said, especially for the medical side of things to be able to break things down and uh i i like what the packaging looks like right now because it really does have that echo of a you know a nutritional breakdown and so maybe we're seeing where it's going really mm -hmm. yeah and 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 like i said this uh it's, it's what I think uh, is important. That doesn't mean that's what everybody thinks, but more information for everybody will, I think, be provided as as people start to understand what it is they're reading on those labels, right? Like, you know, you, you, can, you can put it on the label, but if the person doesn't know what the heck that is, it doesn't mean anything. So it's up to everybody to continue to educate. Um, this is this is a story that we've yeah. kind of been following for, you know, uh, quite a while now. This uh, The Aurora Cannabis kind of shakeup that we saw, was it uh, months, last summer? I can't even remember. Everything blends together in the last little while. But uh, Aurora Cannabis has <laughs> provided a bit of an update and named a new CEO. Yeah, I, I feel like the Aurora shakeup really has just been going on and on and yes, on. Yes, It's the story that never ends. Uh, and I, I love to look at a subreddit called Weedstock. They generally have a pretty balanced view of things, and there are literal Fs in the chat being dropped over this Aurora update. Um, and, you know, anyone in the, the gaming side of things will know that F means, well, it's funeral time. Um, but basically, <laughs> they're talking about, you know, revenues being below expectations, uh, one-time payment of $30 million U.S. to terminate contract. So that's $30 million bucks evaporated. And a big write-down, which is an insult to, to injury. So right now, I mean, ooh, it's being described as a disaster, as a rough start for the new CEO. And that's uh, Miguel Martin who's being named as the chief ex executive officer of Aurora. Uh, boy, it's just transition after transition for this company. And uh, a lot of us, it know very well the products that are associated with Aurora, uh, Drift, for example, in 2.0 especially, San Rafael 71, Daily Special as a budget brand, Alta V, Med Relief, Canamed, Whistler, Relieva, CBD. Like, this is a big company mm -hmm. um, that's really <laughs> going through a downturn right now. So a lot of people are wondering whether or not they can turn it around. 
Well, yeah, it's so amazing. You you would you would look at the onset of legalization at this company and think all those brands, you know, even they acquire all these brands over time. Like some of those names that you listed off there are really, really sought after products. Now, some of them are yeah. a little bit more expensive, but then you mentioned the daily special that almost always sells out, uh, you know, wherever you go. So there's a lot of, and you think, how could something so big potentially fail? But people are predicting that some of these big cannabis companies are going to collapse. I mean, maybe even one of them, I'm not sure, but I hope that doesn't happen. But you wonder like what happens with, there's some hard hitting, impressive brands underneath this. And you know, that's the big yeah. question. Are they going to be able to turn this around or is somebody going to start poaching some of these brands from them? Can I'm just thinking about this right now, but can you imagine the auction block wow. kind of show that would come from, you know, this is Ben Raphael 71 on the block. Can do we have 10 million, 10 million, you know, wow. uh, 8 million. Do I hear 5 million? That would be a great Netflix show. I'd watch that. Yeah. That, that actually would be an impressive uh, auction. <laughs> Everybody would love it except for uh, the uh, people involved with Aurora, obviously, as they oh, would see their hard day. work uh, torn apart. So uh, listen, I hope they turn it around because, you know, those are big brands that need to be, uh, well represented in the industry. All right, let's uh, take a look at this story oh, yeah. that uh, you know we're grabbing right from uh, the OZ OkanaganZ.com and and kind of an update to a story we had uh, told uh, previously, and not the update I was expecting. To be honest, this actually has quite surprised me. This story. Me and you both. You know, we talked last week about um, this letter that was sent to the RCMP basically asking for some reinforcement when it comes to cannabis stores that are uh, illicit being listed on weed maps. And, you know, it seems logical that maybe the sites that need to be on this site can at least be distinguished. What's legal, what's not. Um, but now we have a CEO who had signed the letter, basically going back on her word. And uh, Mimi Lamb, who's the CEO uh, and co-founder of Supreme, basically apologized for what she said. She said, I sincerely apologize to those who may have been hurt or upset by reading my comments. And you know, what did, exactly did she say? Well, not really much, actually. She was quoted in the bottom half of a Bloomberg story. And uh, the, which is the only media, by the way, that got this letter that came from all kinds of different top cannabis execs. And, uh, you know, she said that she had a hard time being lumped in with companies that were not licensed and cannabis consumers had no way of recognizing what was uh, legal and what was not a legal store. So I, I don't get personally... And here's my own opinion, but I don't understand why cannabis retailers who have gone through the investment and the trouble to become legit and pay for their license and go through all the hoops that are required in order to show that you're selling a licensed and safe product uh, that paid taxes into our Canadian system, um, you know, why they're backtracking on being lumped in with those who are not because it's a pretty 
clear distinguishment between those two products. So we have a, and I'm sorry, from a CEO who I thought personally had was taking the right stand. I just don't get this. I mean, you know, this isn't quite like Andre the Giant heel turning on Hogan or Hogan joining NWA, but because then she would actually be joining the illicit market if, if that was the heel turn. But this is kind of <laughs> strange. I just, I just, I'm trying to figure out, first of all, I'm trying to figure out why she, what she has to apologize for. Every retail, legal mm-hmm. retail outlet doesn't want to be lumped into the illicit market. And now I understand some of what she's saying is that we need to get some of the people from the illicit market into the legal market. Yeah, I agree with that. And there is a process that people have to go through to do that. But while you're going through that process, you shouldn't be operating in the illicit market. You shouldn't be saying, yeah, as soon as I'm approved to get into the legal market, I'm going to stop selling illegally. No, if you want to get into the legal market, stop selling legally now, illegally now. It's that simple. So I don't understand why she had to apologize. I'm really curious uh, to hear if it ever comes out the reason why she walked back on this. It kind of makes no sense. And it almost feels like she got pressure from the illicit market or something. And that's why she's doing it. That's just my opinion. And and I'm I'm totally speculating, but it's strange. That's how I feel. It's pure political maneuvering. And, you know, you want to make sure that you're not pissing off your customers. That's what's happening right here is retail doesn't want to speak ill of the black market. Um, So, you know, I will for them. I think that what's happening right now when it comes to uh, illicit shops who are selling, if you want to transition, do it. And if you are not going to go through those steps, then let's face it, it's a dead end road. Yeah, it's and it's. Saying that's not even speaking. It's just speaking the truth. It's just the the way it is. Marijuana is now no, legal. Feel, exactly. Yeah, marijuana is now legal. Get in the legal market, and in, and until you do, stop selling in the illegal market. That's you know, I, I don't think. I it, mean, I don't it's think time it, to pivot. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it shows good faith if you're waiting to get into the illicit market or the legal market rather, while still participating in the illicit market. It's. It's a little bit strange. Uh, speaking of the legal market, we are coming up on another anniversary uh, in uh, just over a, a month and a bit, um, and more different products keep showing up on the retail shelves. What are some of the products that that you've been able to pick up lately, or and have tried, or are looking forward to trying? I love when we can end on a positive story, and you know, I've I've. In preparing for this, because we know what we're going to talk about, I set out uh, an assortment of products that I purchased from Cannabis 2.0 in different stores around the Okanagan. And it's pretty cool and pretty impressive. And I got to say that I'm really happy with what's happening right now in the Canadian market. Um, You know, I'm looking at a Perrier drink right now, which is not cannabis. But let me tell you, when you add very well drops to the to a Perrier drink of your choice, it is such a great way to get a buzz. Um, you know, from just a, a great budget standpoint, and that's not to say that drinks that are are put together by the uh, by the LPs are not a treat, because definitely tried out. Uh, you know, limonene and uh, sparkling water, which was great, coming from Hexo and the House of Terpenes. 
Um, different drinks from Tweed and Houseplants especially have been beyond expectations. And that's kind of where I feel like Cannabis 2.0 has really, really been shining and will go in the future in such a cool way as, as with drinks. Um, yeah, how about you? Um, well, uh, yeah, what I, do you love? I'm looking forward to. Uh, I've got a, a bottle of the uh, the House of Terpenes uh, in my in my fridge. I just love that it's a glass bottle too, and it's just uh, it kind of has an old school feel to it. So I'm looking forward to trying that yeah. out. Um, definitely, I enjoy the uh, the House Plant grapefruit. I think that is probably the best tasting uh, drink out there. Uh, the um, oh, what's it? Uh, there's the CBD drink, uh, the iced tea. Uh, from base, hmm. I'm, the the name ex- escapes me, but the CBD iced tea tastes really good as well. Yeah, base camp. Base I'm camp. Guessing. Yeah, the base camp. That's mm-hmm. a, that's really it. Actually, those two are the are the two drinks that I found actually taste what they say they're gonna taste like. And and I'll agree <laughs> with you. The very well drops. Uh, they do the trick. They have a great effect. I find it hard to swallow though. I find, you know, even you putting it in water, it changes the taste. So there is going to have to be some, some work on uh, the taste because uh, I found it difficult to, to actually drink. The effect though is, is great. So maybe I'll get used to the taste or maybe the, the taste will get better, but those very well drops do the trick. And it's, I think it's like two drops per milligram. So you can kind of figure out your dosage there. Um, the one thing that I've really liked is, uh, uh, I bought a Utilian 5 uh, the other day. I picked it up from uh, the one of the two plant lifes here in uh, St. Albert at Plant Life Jensen Lakes. And uh, actually, I was at Plant Life Aaron Ridge, the other store, and picked up some shatter from uh, Fireside. And it works great in the Utilian 5 as a wax pen. And the thing I like about, this is the third time I've, or third or second time I've picked up shatter. The first time, it was all shards, and it was great. Dropped it in my uh, dab. It went away. I went. Uh, the second time, it was one big glob, and it flew everywhere because it was breaking up. Uh, so yeah. So this is the third time. So the third time, and I actually reached out to them on uh, Instagram. They're now putting parchment paper in there because before it was just the glob of shatter, and it would stick to the to the uh, the jar or whatever it is. Now they're putting parchment paper in. So that it's a great product, and that's a cannabis company saying ah. We got to we got to do this so that the the product doesn't fly all around people's rooms and hit them in the face and, and everything like that. So I've really enjoyed uh, the uh, the fireside shatter. I love the batter from Stigma Grow as well. I'm starting to get into more and more concentrates. And you know, my guest this week, uh, yeah, thanks to your tip off, Jesse Lavoie from Toba Grown, uh, who is also uh, a, a representative with Stores and Bickle. And so he gave us some tips on the uh, the old right. volcano uh, where you can actually use concentrates in that as well, which I didn't know. Yeah. So those are some of the things I've really enjoyed. Um, you know, I, I do like the chocolates and for the taste. I think they're tasting great, but I get more impact out of the concentrates and the drinks right now. I love my mighty and my crafty talking about stores and pickle and dryer vaping is where I, it's at for me. Um, I also love some of the other vapes and you picked up packs and I've got five mm-hmm. carts. Um, and those are pretty great. Verse is definitely coming in there. San Rafael's disposables last forever on a battery cart. Holy cow. I've had one since I, I bought when they first came out. I've been hitting that thing for months and months and months. 
And every time I think it's going to be dead <laughs> when I hit it and it's still alive, it's Frankenstein. <laughs> um, you know, the, the, the creams that are coming out, I think are going mm-hmm. to be a big deal as people rub these creams more on the injuries and for muscles and whatnot. Um, it's pretty cool to go that way. They appeal to a certain demographic that just was never really into cannabis in any other way. But if you give them a THC cream, how weird is that? It's like, that's their thing. So, you know, that's the cool thing about Cannabis 2.0 is it really allows us to diversify what we're doing. And, uh, and you know, everyone's got their thing. Yeah, my wife uh, loves uh, the Live Relief Transdermal CBD cream uh, that is out there. She uses that uh, quite a bit and has recommended it to to other friends and you're right it's great there's so many different products uh, for people out there that uh, you know want to get whatever it is they want to get from the cannabis plant and we all know yeah. there is so much david thanks as always for joining us you can check things out at okanaganz.com follow them on twitter at okanaganz and at wiley writer thanks as always man we'll chat next week awesome talking my friend Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. All right, the Cannabis and Hemp Expo, we've been telling about this for a while and because of COVID, it's been postponed twice now. It is coming back in late april it'll be at the edmonton expo center uh, details you can find them at cannabis we'll be there on location we'll have a booth we want to meet you we're going to be doing some shows from there so keep that in mind we'll have some tickets to get away give away as well uh okay we're going to get into our cannabis question or cannabis character in a second but uh, just uh quickly um speaking of cannabis characters i have a football draft in it the last one that i'm in really excited about it and my team is laramie tunsil's mask uh, so laramie l-a-r-e-m-y tunsil t-u-n-s-i-l s-i-l Google Laramie Tunsil gas mask and you'll find out why. Um, this is, uh, and, and I have one of these gas mask bongs. Um, this is a guy who had a picture or video leaked right before the NFL draft. So that's kind of a different sort of cannabis character that I'm going with for the uh, football draft. Uh, should be uh, a lot of fun in that. But let's get to our real cannabis character right now. You got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you did. Time now for Cannabis Characters. Dopest dope I've ever smoked. Celebrating the best from fictional 420 film. Hey, I am your soda. <laughs> and beyond. Heavy girl with that, man. Is it heavy stuff, man? character we're going with today is melanie ralston played by bridget fonda in uh, jackie brown little surfer girl hangs out on the couch gets high does a few other things as well but that's her character things don't end well for bridget fonda's character but she did have some memorable scenes 
with Robert De Niro and Samuel L. Jackson. Like this one, where the two dudes come back from shopping just after Melanie's taking a big bong hit. God damn, girl. You getting high already? It's just 2 o'clock. <laughs> it's that late? You know, you smoke too much of that shit. That shit's going to rob you of your ambition. Not if your ambition is to get high and watch TV. <laughs> oh, y'all a couple of Cheech and Chong's, huh? Ready to go? Yeah, there's another bowl left. Take your thumb off the cup. <coughs> you okay? <coughs> Just getting old. <coughs> okay. Spoke a laugh now. Coughing. Coughing's good. It opens up the capillaries, you know. When you cough, you're pulling air, or in this case, I'll be right there. smoke, into parts of the lungs that don't normally get used, and so. Coffee's good. It gets you higher. You definitely know a lot about that. Look here, Louis. I got to run out for a little while. So, uh, since you like getting high so much, why don't you hang out here with me? I'll watch a little TV. All right, there we go. A couple things are great about that scene. Robert De Niro hitting a bong and then coughing his lungs out. And then Mel just turns into this, uh, can, you know, cannabis uh, aficionado about how to get even more high. And then, some other stuff happens later on in that scene. If you've seen the movie, uh, you know what I'm talking about. So Jackie Brown, for me, doesn't get the respect it deserves in the Quentin Tarantino world, but I love it. And these smaller characters make the difference for me. So Bridget Fonda as Melanie Ralston and Jackie Brown is the cannabis character today. What's that strain? Let's find out with Chris Ionson, Nova Cannabis store manager and educator. Another edition of What's That Strain with my good friend and our educator Chris Ionson dropping by. And uh, if you're going to drop by Nova Cannabis, make sure you use the click and collect method. Get you in, get you out. That's how I picked up the old supernova. And not that old because I uh, haven't had it for that long. But Chris, uh, welcome out here once again. Uh, the click and collect method, uh, not only great for you know me, the consumer, but you guys, the bud tenders as well. Yeah, it really is, Dean, and, and thanks for having me out here, bud. Um, it definitely has, uh, you know, been nice to, you know, try and limit uh, time spent in stores and get the order ready, and as well the the guests can uh, shop our menus from from home and and see what each individual store has in stock. Yeah, that's the the great thing is, uh, literally, I used to drive from store to store if I was looking for something specific. Now you can shop on your phone and be like, oh. I'm heading over here, order it, and then it's done. So click and collect, find your product or accessory as I did with the uh, Supernova, which I'll be using today uh, as we discuss North 40 Colada by Farmstead. And this is a, a hybrid, a slight, slight sativa hybrid. So let's talk about Farmstead. They are under the shelter umbrella. Yeah, that's right, Dean. Um, so Shelter is uh, out of Saskatchewan, and uh, and they're kind of the, it's the brainchild of of Mark Hawk, and uh, he formerly ran the uh, Saskatchewan Compassion Club 
which was kind of a, a cannabis clinic uh, that uh, in, in 2015, it was raided by the police, mm-hmm. unfortunately, where some of his staff were charged and he was charged and uh, it was kind of a rough scenario. Uh, he ended up moving his operations to Victoria uh, with the hopes to get into the legal market once it was ready. Uh, and once legalization came to be, he acquired uh, an existing licensed producer uh, by the name of Agro Greens. And they already had their, uh, their certification from Health Canada wow. uh, with their facilities. So uh, his company kind of hit the ground running. And, uh, and Shelter's kind of a, a neat company because they're, they're, you know, uh, they, they don't just, you know, grow cannabis. They, they deal with the processing, the packaging, and as well as the branding of cannabis products. Um, they have uh, consumer-focused brands, and uh, and their packaging development company that you know offers quality pre-rolls, uh, super qu- good quality vape pens, and uh, the brands that they're carrying right now is uh, it's Wildlife, uh, Journey, uh, which we haven't seen yet in Alberta, okay, uh, Wayfarer, which we've seen their five ten vape cartridges, uh, and then Farmstead is also kind of their house recreational brand. All right, so where does the uh, the North 40 come in when we're talking about North 40 Colada by Farmstead? Yeah, totally. So the, the, it's it's called North 40 Colada uh, because it was grown by the you know the high end uh, micro cultivators North 40 cannabis. Um, so with with Farmstead and, and shelters, uh, sometimes they'll you know outsource. Uh, they'll get uh, micro sure. micro cultivators or to grow. Uh, certain strains for them and they'll package it up. That's what a lot of micro micro cultivators do. Yeah, for sure. It's a big part of the industry that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, you know, if you're just getting into the, the legal industry, you might not be aware of, but, uh, you know, there is a lot of collaborations between yes. licensed producers. Uh, but North 40 is super cool. Uh, they were, they're known to be Canada's first licensed micro cultivator and microprocessor. Um, they're, they're truly a craft uh, cultivator. Um, all their stuff is supreme quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's small batch. Uh, they use a high pressure uh, aeroponic system and it's non-irradiated cannabis as well. So um, really just touching on, on, on cool things. And, and what's, what's neat about them too is they're, they're a mom and pop operation. Uh, so it's run by a husband and wife team. It's Gord and Kara Nickel. And uh, totally family-run business. Uh, Gord started this company after a lifetime of cannabis passion. Uh, he brought in his wife, his brother, his brother-in-law, and his two best friends from back in the day. Perfect, man. Yeah, right. Uh, and uh, you know, I read a blog that was on their websites by him, and and the, the guy's just super passionate about cannabis, and and just loves what he does, and and it it just shows, and it it comes out in the product too. So uh, that's awesome. That's such a good story that. You know, this is literally uh, a family and uh, friends run business, but but that doesn't mean that, you know, they're lacking in any kind of technology at all. It might be a, a small family and friend run business, but, you know, their technology is up there with any of the big companies. It is, right? You know, when, I guess when you think of, you know, mom and pop, you think, oh, it's just, you know, just kind of scraping by, they're making it, but uh, right. I've seen some photos of the facilities uh, and, and their methods matter uh, over at North, uh, North 40. They, uh, they use a high pressure aeroponics system uh, which we'll get into in a, in a sec here. Uh, nanotechnology, uh, vapor pressure deficit charting, uh, LED lighting, um, and it, all these all these kind of technological advances are used to really dial in the growing process. Uh, all their buds are hand trimmed and cured in a tightly controlled environment. 
and they really, really put a, a large focus on terpene production and preservation, uh, which plays a huge, huge role in the entourage effect. Yeah, it, it, and it's so cool. They're they're taking the blend of all this high end technology with you know craft cannabis, hand trim. Uh, hanging, you know, all these things that, you know, big technology can help you with, but at the uh, end of it, they're still using human hands to make sure this is trimmed properly. I love the blend yeah. of, of both of those coming together because, you know, some people are like, oh, we just only do everything by hand. Well, y you can use a lot of the technology that's yeah. out there and still be you know, craft cannabis, you don't have to do everything by hand to be a mom and pop, you know what I mean? So yeah, man. I, I love I, I the blend. I like that. I think it's like a hybrid of yeah, te technology yeah. and, and just like school. This, just like this strain. So, yeah. okay. So tell us what, uh, we've talked about uh, aquaponics in the past. What is aeroponics? Yeah, right. Uh, it's another new kind of way to, to grow plants. Uh, so aeroponics is, is the process of growing plants in an air or mist environment without using the traditional uh, the traditional soil or aggregate medium. So no soil to it at all. Um, super neat to see. And, and the basic principle of aeroponic growing is, is to grow plants suspended in a closed or semi-closed environment by spraying the plants dangling roots and lower stem with an atomized uh, spray that's like nutrient rich. Uh, it's a nutrient rich, rich water solution. And uh, yeah, just, Real high, high-end stuff, and it's real neat to see because um, when you look at the, the facility, there's these kind of tanks at the bottom that's got the, the the water, the nutrients, and then there's some some misters that are kind of covering the roots and just going through these these tubes. Wow! Um, and it's it's real good for um, like with aer uh, hydroponics and with soil growing. Uh, a lot of time, the roots are going to compete for nutrients. Right. Where like the bigger kind of longer roots are going to be like they're going to attack those nutrients, soak them up, and and some of the other smaller roots aren't going to get it. And it's it, like it, a, any any kind of yeah. uh, survival of the fittest, right? Yeah. Like it, that's it what is. it is. It is. But with aeroponics, the the benefit to it is is there's less competition. It's it's in the air, so it's just it's passing through I these roots. Colin said. <laughs> it's in the air tonight. Who? Yes. Oh. Uh, but yeah. that is that is brilliant. Yeah, you, you're kind of spreading it out so every plant gets a little, or every part of the plant gets a little bit yeah. instead of just one root sucking it all up. Yeah, yeah, and it cycles it too, is like similar to the hydroponic system. But yeah, just. Yeah. A whole new way to grow. It was, this is, you know, uh, new to me. Uh, but, uh, you know, I want to talk to my, all my buddies that grow and tell them about this. And, you know, like, yeah. And decreases labor, expense, and yeah. a lot of that good stuff. So. For sure. And, and you're going to produce better quality bud, bigger yeah. buds too, because um, all those roots are going to get more nutrients. So it's brilliant. Big win. Okay, so let's talk about um, North 40 Colada and um, grown in this awesome, unique way. Uh, tell us a little bit about the history. So this is a slight sativa, about a 55-45, so kind of like right down the middle. Mm -hmm. So a lineage that has three main three main uh, cultivars as its lineage. Yeah, that's right. So uh, it's, it's a cross of uh, papaya, uh, crossed with banana OG, crossed with dosi dos. So kind of three real cool uh, fruity strains in there. Um, the papaya is uh, a Jack Herrera crossed with a skunk number one. Uh, the banana OG is an OG Kush crossed with a banana. That kind of figures. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and then the Dosi Dose, uh, we, we talked about it a couple episodes ago. That's, that's, right. that's the OG Kush breath crossed with a face-off OG. 
Um, so really cool kind of genetics to it. Uh, as you mentioned, it's a sativa dominant hybrid. Um, you know, it's it's known for its you know bright tropical notes and and balanced by uh, fragrant fragrant earthy undertones. Well, you could just look at some of the strains that are in that lineage and tell this is going to be a pretty balanced. That that there's a lot of stuff that you know balances the other out, right? Yeah, yeah, totally, man. It's. Uh, it's super nice, uh, and the 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 quality of this stuff, the smell, and the taste, uh, the look is is tremendous. I feel mm. like North Forty did a great job. Well, they got some great pictures of some of their products on their website www.north40cannabis.com. They also have some hilarious pictures of their staff. <laughs> uh, so you know, I love it when a cannabis company can have some fun with itself. Like you know, there was one that, that a while ago, their CEO was also the janitor and different things yeah. like that, right? So. They have some really cool pictures of the the trimmers is the the the, be, the best picture I think. Yeah, right. Uh, for sure, it's uh, you know I like too the the photo of uh, of of Kara and, and uh, Kara and Gord uh, where it's the American Gothic kind right. of photo like the farmer, a cannabis the related wife, though. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, That's very good. good. Worth checking out, guys. Yeah, yeah. check out the uh, the website for sure. So we have this at 18.8% THC. So we'll get into who that is good for in a little bit. Uh, let's get to what's in a name because this is something that I wanted to talk about. So this is called North 40 Colada by Farmstead. Um, it probably would have been called Pina Colada mm-hmm. if, if it had been allowed. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, so slight name change to it. Uh, with uh, within the legal market, uh, there's you know we're trying to keep uh, I guess a division between alcohol and cannabis. Um, so with within regulations, there's certain strains that can't be said. So like a mimosa, we've never had a mimosa in market. We've had a Stonewall. You know, there's other names that they'll put in front of it where you got to kind of figure out that it is a mimosa. Um, yeah, Colada kind of falls into that. Um, yeah. The silly thing is there's a white Russian strain <laughs> and anybody who's watched the big Lebowski knows what a white, Ru- white Russian is. And you take alcohol out of white Russian, you're drinking milk. Yeah. You take rum out of pina colada, you still got some, uh, you know, tropical juices in there. So <laughs> I don't know how white Russian, which is actually a legal strain name for some brands yeah. made it through and, and pina colada obviously didn't. Um, <laughs> but anyway, there's also the, uh, the shout out with all the flavor in this too, right? A pina Big colada, uh, even even uh, uh, a virgin pina colada is it, you're just bursting with taste. Yeah, absolutely. That tropical fruit uh, for sure, and that's that's definitely what we get with the, the colada, with the the smell and the taste. For all sure. right. Okay. Uh, when we talk about the look, first thing we notice is. Uh, Exa- and, and sometimes we say this is a little too big for this the packaging rarely yeah. do we ever say it's too small uh but this is like goldilocks man it's the right size <laughs> yeah it's just right uh yeah <laughs> it came in a you know small white bag yeah. uh but i i feel easy like it to was open. easy to open for sure um just the right size for a 3.5 like it I, I wonder if you could fit like you could probably squish some more in but it was a real tight nice fit yeah and and because part of that is because the nugs are huh. so big man yeah. like you open that up and i was like holy macaroni that's it's some denseness to it yeah for sure big thick dense nugs yeah super nice and colorful man i mean 
you know, we often talk about take your cannabis home, put a light on it, look at some of the colors and different things. You don't need, you you know, it's great to do that with this, but the colors are just bursting as soon as you open it up, uh, all kinds of it. So what did you think? Yeah, absolutely. Very vivid on the colors for sure. Uh, my initial take, just with looking with the naked eye, I was, I kind of had said darker green uh, buds with, you know, darker orange pistols. Uh, and then I, I put the bud to my magnifying glass and and saw that there was um, a bunch of purple buds mm -hmm. kind of hiding in there, giving it that darker hue. So uh, that was super nice to see. And uh, and we got to talk about the insane trichome coverage. Uh, I felt like every aspect of the bud was just layered in in spiny trichomes uh looked tremendous under the magnifying glass we've gotten really lucky the last couple of times uh it's been some frosty stuff and yeah. and and full of it so you know that that also goes along with a good trim job that you know a, a good trim job doesn't hide a lot of those trichomes like a bad trim job might do yeah for sure um i think too with uh you know you touched on how they hand trim like a lot of the machine trimmers um it gets a little rough with the bud and, mm -hmm. and you know, it kind of beats up the bud a bit and you, you do lose some of your trichomes. So, Bangs it off. Yeah. Uh, all the hand trim stuff. It's, it's, it's evident when you look at it, um, magnified and it's got a good, uh, uh, uh you know, you, you're expecting a tropical smell and it doesn't disappoint. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's sweet and tropical for sure. Uh, I, I got some hints of like earth and spice to it. It's not all super fruity, mm -hmm. uh, but it's definitely really nice on the nose. Well, and that would come in from when you look at the terpene profile. Uh, I don't know if this is the number one, but it's the one we have listed first. And it's the one that provides that earthy taste. So let's run through the terpene profile. Yeah, for sure, Dean. So yeah, myrcene is, is the dominant terpene uh, here. And that's that earthy kind of clove uh, flavor. Um, limonene is, is next up and that's a uh, kind of citrusy fruity, uh, mm -hmm. flavor profile. And then we got caryophylline in there, Dean's favorite, uh, and that's going to be like black pepper and spice. Uh, and then the, the fourth terpene mentioned is a, is a new one that we haven't touched on. Uh, I hope I say this right. It's, uh, looks like it's, uh, Bisa Bolol. Yeah. Good enough for me. <laughs> yeah. Every, everybody seems to pronounce the terpene names differently anyway, yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the Bisa Bolol, and that's kind of like a, a flavor of like chamomile mm -hmm. or uh, floral or sweet. But a different kind of floral than what linalool gives yeah. you, right? Like yeah. it's a different kind of, well, obviously there's lots of different smells when you talk about floral, but you know, it, it's, a, it's a little bit of a different, um, I, I don't know if it's... Um, what the difference is, but maybe it is just more sweeter than maybe what you get with the linalool. Yeah, I, think I, I, I was maybe, just yeah. kind of going there in my head. I think that's a yeah. pretty good statement there. All right, so I'm uh, looking forward to this. Here's the other thing that uh, uh, with that terpene that I will uh, <laughs> buy Zabolo, I don't know, whatever. It's, you know, we'll, we'll both say it differently. Yeah. It, it has been known from when I, when I was looking up different terpenes. Uh, in the topical market, it plays a big role. It's good for uh, anti-inflammatory, has uh, been known to help out with acne, rashes, uh, psoriasis. Oh, cool. And, you know, that 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 topical um, uh, market, I think, is is severely untapped. And, and we're going to see grow and grow. And, you know, I know that there are some different topicals that, that are out there that, that you can get that, you, you know, that... Uh, that are available at different places. So um, I think that's a market that's going to uh, explode a little bit. And, and obviously this is a terpene that's gonna play a large role in that. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of cool to see uh, that a terpene is, you know, being yeah. sought after in, in the topical market. Uh, yeah, it just makes you wonder like, 
how smoking it's what that's what's that going to do to you, you that's know? right yeah, yeah we can all get the benefits you know i'm i'm, I'm a big uh, carry off lean fan because it does have uh some some benefits that i feel i get as far as some anxiety and some depression so terpenes are more than just smells and uh things like that for sure uh okay let's get to your experience we've kind of switched this up from desired effect because everybody is different yep. so we will ask you your experience and, and for anybody listening tell us your experience uh when you've given uh north 40 colada a try so what's your experience chris so for me it was uh, a very clean and clear high uh which is nice i guess i guess my favorite kind where it's you know not too hazy i can still kind of function uh real nice buzz not too overwhelming uh, I felt it was pretty balanced head and body high. It was mm -hmm. kind of, uh, you know, super stimulating on the brain. I had so, you know, a lot of thoughts, a lot of fun thoughts racing through my head and uh, also found it very numbing on the body. Um, when I first, you know, cracked my colada and, and smoked it, uh, I, I had kind of a stiff stiffness in my back pretty much all day. Um, burned a joint of colada and like did a kind of a check, a body check, a head check and uh, <laughs> didn't feel it. I felt, I felt great. So that was super nice for me. It seemed to really help me out. That's awesome. And that's also a really good thing to do. Uh, you know, while you, when you're experiencing it with different kinds of cannabis is actually do kind of like a mental <laughs> physical check. Like what am I, what exactly am I feeling right now? You know, what is this feeling? Is it in my head? Is it in my body? Is it, you know, just, yeah. just ask yourself a few questions, you know, it's I do it all the time, Dean. Yeah. Uh, I will literally like I'll be at home by myself trying out a new bud. Uh, you know, I just put the joint out. I will do a check. Okay, where am I at in my head? Uh, you know, I, you know, a lot of times too, I feel like, how do my eyes feel? That's uh, right. Yeah. Typically with indicas, I'll feel like kind of a, a pressure in my eyes where my eyelids are kind of Droopy. being forced to close. Uh, opposite with sativa, right? Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I definitely too will, I, I'll stand up, <laughs> get off the couch and do, uh, you know, a shoulder kind of roll and uh, just kind of move around, see, see where, where I'm at with, with my body. And yep. I totally I did that. Good idea for sure. All right, get to the uh, three W's. Who, what, and when is this good for in your opinion? So who is good for intermediate smokers, not for beginners. Guys, if you're just getting into cannabis, stay away from the colada for the first little bit. Uh, I think it's a level two and up. Good call. Uh, I also think it's good for anyone looking for a pick-me-up. Uh, I found every time that I uh, put out a joint of the colada, I just put me in a great mood, man. All it right. Was awesome. All right. So what is it good for? Uh, what is it good for? Uplifting your mood. Uh, we'll segue right into that. Uh, it's good for getting your relax on. I, uh, I hit my couch with it. Uh, a nice euphoric buzz. You know, watch some Netflix. Uh, but on the opposite end of things too, it was, uh, it's great for, you know, hanging out with, uh, with people. Uh, I've had some fun phone calls, just some goofy <laughs> phone calls while on the colada. Um, my lady and I, you know, had a, a couple big sessions with it and really enjoyed the buzz too. So awesome. Yeah, it was nice. When would you say this is good for? So most any time of day in my humble and hazy opinion, I, I think that, uh, I, I rocked it to start the day, uh, and it was awesome. Had a real wonderful morning, uh, but I've also used it in the evening too. Uh, I think maybe it's not the best cultivar for, you know, right before bed. Sure. Uh, just because it, it does get the brain going a bit, and you, you just might want to go with a, a heavier indica for that, for that one right before, you know, shutting the lights off. Good point. Yeah. All right, I'm going to uh, do a little taste test. I'm going to... Uh... Fire up the supernova using uh, the tip from Jesse, our guest this week, about uh, letting the uh, blow out the air for a minute or so, or five seconds rather, or yeah. so before uh, 
some of the THC starts blowing out. You see some of the sick, thick smoke, and you throw the uh, the bag on the old supernova <laughs> as it fills up. And the clouds are just cloudy with a chance of uh, getting high, definitely, yeah. uh, in this bag. All right, taste test as we talk, and I'll wait for this uh, to fill up. Uh, what do you taste when you dive into this? So it, it was super smooth. That was uh, very noticeable uh, on, on a my joints like down to like you know when the, i'm almost done the joint usually when it's gotten pretty resed up that can be some harsh harsh sure. pulls uh that wasn't the case with the colada uh which kind of shows to me just a real nice grow um yeah it's uh sweet and fruity is kind of the, the big one for me uh and, and tropical like the name suggests like um there definitely hints of like, the earthy kind of spice that is a full bag I I can't even see you yeah. through this bag. It's so cloudy. Yeah, that's great. That's crazy. That's 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 the benefit of letting it, you know, yeah, blow nope. some of the air off first. Yeah. Anyway, I interrupted. Yeah, <laughs> looks appetizing. All right, so he's taking a pull of the bag there. Um, yeah, so definitely for me, it was sweet and fruity. Uh, you know, not not harsh at all. I mean, it's super smooth. Earthy for sure too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, but yeah, you 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 know, as the name suggests, it's it's amazing. We talked about some of the lineage that balances each other out, and that Mercine really probably balances out the sweetness. Yeah. Right. Makes it yeah, not too sweet. Whereas uh, you know, we talked uh, yeah. last week, but there's some strains that can be a little too sweet. Um, yeah. So I big fan of the taste on this one for sure. I would definitely agree, especially out of the old uh, Supernova, as you mentioned, as I mentioned, click and collect, pick it up. Yeah. Um, you, you guys had it boxed up and ready for me to go when I got there, so <laughs> yeah. it was beautiful. All right, so this has been North 40 Colada by Farmstead, a hybrid slight sativa under the uh, shelter umbrella, a craft cannabis at its finest. Thanks, uh, as always, for coming out, Chris. Make sure you're, if you're heading to Nova Cannabis, use the click and collect. makes it easier for you and the bud tender. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dean. This is the Business of Cannabis, a joint venture between the Green Generation Co. and the Cannabis 101 podcast. Bringing you the latest Bud Biz Buzz. Malka LaBelle joining us as usual from the Green Generation Co. You can find out how Malka can help you by hitting www.greengencompany.com. And we're starting out with our first topic today uh, with what we think is an answer to a question people have been asking. So, Everybody wants to know, how are we going to stimulate the 2020 into 2021 economy? How are we going to create jobs? How do we increase tax revenues? Well, that knock on the door that you're hearing, that's the marijuana, the cannabis industry, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. You know, Dean, we've been talking about this for a while, but you know what the cool part about it is that it's starting to spread uh, and in a good, positive, uh, you know, people that are important and, you know, decision makers in the world, those kinds of people are starting to take notice. So what this was, was, you know, a few weeks ago, I posted, or it was a couple weeks ago about, you know, um, on my own LinkedIn, my commentary on how I think that, you know,
know, investing in cannabis and in and, and the, and the opportunities that uh, in our own province here in Alberta was like the answer to the economic crisis that was before us with not just the COVID situation, but also all the you know lack of funding through the oil and gas sector being in a serious downfall. So that was my own lens in the in our own province. But this week I'm seeing, you know, and reading headlines across the sector in cannabis uh, globally um, from much larger organizations, you know, MJ Biz, of course, and BNN Bloomberg, and even investment fund managers, you know, and some of these bigger groups that are looking to hmm, maybe the this industry is something we should look at again um, because of the reasons, not because it's a fad or a trend or the latest Silicon Valley thing but because it could create hundreds of thousands of jobs uh, in legal um, sector, legal states and provide tax revenue uh, to help um, create, uh, you know, fill the coffers of government spending sprees to get people out of this pandemic. You know, even in Colorado alone, um, they've already recorded over a billion dollars in legal tax revenue since 2014. And in 2020, there are 11 states uh, in the U.S. or countries around the world where legalization is on the next election ballot. So there's a lot of countries and states that are looking at this in the next 12 months. And already, in other than Canada, there's 33 states that have legalized medical cannabis in the U.S. and 11 for adult rec purposes. We've just started scratching the surface of this um, potential industry to fill a gaping hole in what has become an economic depression uh, worldwide. Well, and this is the thing that, you know, I, I don't know if people don't understand this or they don't want to understand it is, you know, you're not putting the genie back in the bottle. This is not going away. Legal cannabis in Canada is, is not going away. So you might as well start looking at the benefits, even if you don't use cannabis, that mm -hmm. Our country and province and and counties and whatever you go as, as far down as you want to go at whatever uh, uh, government level, uh, this is a solution. It's not going to, you know, all of a sudden we're all of a sudden out of debt, but it's going to chip away at that. I mean, just in Alberta alone, the amount of jobs that have been created from the retail sector mm -hmm. on its own is amazing. And then you think about all the, the peripheral, uh, not just like the LPs, but the construction companies mm. and the lawyers, and it just goes on and on with this industry. And like I said, you're not, you're not, I don't care what government takes power. You're not turning back the time and making cannabis illegal again. Yeah. And I think the other big stigma around it is that you have to be a user to be involved. And that's completely right. inaccurate. I mean, just like you said, I mean, there are so many different industries that this touches um, that are creating jobs at all levels. And a lot of them allow for work from home or, you know, they're getting, you know, higher pay because they are frontline or essential workers. Um, I mean, in Alberta alone, we have over 600 stores in retail. Wow. So that's frontline, you know, hospitality service staff, you know, people that have maybe a high school education or not even, you know, they have to be 18 is the only qualification um, and, you know, and have a propensity to want to work in the industry. And, and the other places that have much bigger opportunity for this is really in Ontario where they only have a hundred stores or so right now, but the growth plans for, you know, servicing the cannabis industry uh, demand in Ontario, saying up to 1200 uh, stores in the coming year. That's like an, a massive, a massive amount of hiring, training, employing, providing for people 
that would otherwise be out of work entirely in the current COVID situation. So I think if anyone that you know of in any place in Canada or anywhere around the world, if legalization is part of the picture in your province or state and you're looking for a job or you want to be, you're an investor and you want to look at getting into like, they're estimating 21% estimated uh, growth in the next five years, you know, a pol- politician with a gaping budget deficit would really be not very bright if they didn't talk or think about the cannabis sector or legalizing parts of it or more of it to help, you know, answer their problems. And yeah, what a better I, way to end the stigma, right? A hundred percent. Job creation is always popular during an election. And uh, this is like, it's just amazing uh, that we're we're almost at another anniversary of legal cannabis and Ontario still only has a hundred stores. I mean, it's crazy. And it's great to see the influx in jobs uh, that it's going to create. And, and this is the thing that I love is that, you know, you, you might start at a retail store at the lowest level and who knows where you can go in that company or any other company in the industry, because it is constantly growing and changing. So I, I wholeheartedly think that if you are not looking at the uh, the cannabis industry for this, then you can't see the forest through the trees. Totally. Yep. It's all about the opportunities. Let's open it up. You betcha. All right. Uh, Changemakers, we're staying a little bit closer to home, and we're going to talk about the Green Generation Co. Yeah, so I'm sort of plugging my own projects here right now, just because I've in this these times and and sort of with the work that I'm doing, you know, I'm an entrepreneur uh, myself, um, which on its own is a very hard gig. Um, you know, it's a lot, a lot of, lot of work on your own for a long time, and then and right now, uh, an entrepreneur in a new and highly stigmatized industry uh, is even harder. And then layer on our lovely global pandemic that we've just spoken about. So I get a lot of flack. You know, I get a lot of flack from people pushing back, particularly people in my own you know, my own inner circle that are like, you know, like, like, what are you doing? You know? And, and I have to say, I'm like, you know, the people that are in my inner circle don't necessarily see or hear this show. They should, but they don't, um, or see what's on, you know, what's happening on my social media or in the public space where I'm talking about this stuff. Um, but really the, the reason why I'm doing it is because of that positive reinforcement. I mean, not only from this show, but the conversations and connections that I've made through people, you know, I mentioned about some of the networking things that I've done, um, the commentary that I've been able to make on LinkedIn, people are reaching out to me saying like, wow, like, you know what, this is the kind of stuff people need to be saying more of and like, good for you for, for, you know, standing your ground on against the stigma and against some of the crazy, like, even within the industry, people get really sort of narrow-minded about what they think is right or, or should be done and, and et cetera. So I, I try and bring it back to sort of this 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 sort of level field. And, and what I'm doing with the company in that sense is trying to create a, sort of a more accessible stage for these kinds of conversations to happen. So essentially what we're doing is we're going to create a TV show. And I'm working right now with producers and um, people in that space and just trying to, to, I have a very, you know, the vision and the plan of what I want to do is very clear in my mind. Um, and, and they keep coming back saying, you know, we really like that you have this extremely um, good understanding of what you're trying to do. And we're going to help you sort of fill in the gaps because that's what they do is, you know, with the, in that space. 
Um, so the TV show is, is not, it's not, hasn't, you know, it's not on air yet, but we're just starting to build it up. But what I need is for the listeners of this podcast and anyone else that follows what we're doing and Dean, you as well, you know, to really reinforce that ending the stigma means that you're comfortable in sharing these topics with a wider audience. So how I need that from these, from our listeners is to subscribe to my, uh, company uh, website um, for um, the, the greengencompany.com. Join our tribe. Uh, check out the Cannabis Stock Portfolio Challenge. You know, we need subscribers. We need funders. We need advertisers. We need sponsors. We need all of those people that believe in what we're doing um, to help build that platform so that it can go on a much larger stage. And that's my plug for the own, my own company. But um, yeah, that's exactly. And if you want more information on that, how to get involved, how to put your business ass- alongside ours, um, then feel free to reach out to me on my website. And hopefully we can all work together to make this stigma end sooner and make everybody really be successful that's been working at it for a very long time. Yeah, 100%. Normalizing it, talking it, producing as many uh, different things we can in the industry to uh, just, you know, raise awareness that this is an industry, uh, you know, that you could easily be in. And, and, and exactly, you do not have to be a user of cannabis. You don't even have to, you know, like cannabis. Uh, I, I think it helps to have a passion, but you can be a construction company and be involved in the cannabis industry by building uh, the the retail outlets and and or LPs and everything like that. So, Big, big business uh, in the cannabis industry, I think, is on the way. And um, that kind of leads us into what it means to be green, because we're talking about the color green, uh, as in money uh, and cannabis. Yeah, so this is almost like a play on the, it's not a play, it's what does it mean to be like, to be the color green, like physically the color. So this is a hypothesis that I, I put forward and, and I'm, I'm, I'm urging others to, to, to look into it as well in their, in their world. So basically, my hypothesis is that what it means to be green is as is that something about buying now. It is it's sort of a, it is a it is synonymous with spending money or purchasing something, whether it be cannabis or really anything. Um, so what I sort of the reason why I came up with this you know thought for this particular topic was I've been you know recently looking at different uh, platforms like for for trading, not only just stocks but just different online platforms, both within the sector, the cannabis sector, and outside. So. SaaS models or, or online service models for some of my clients. I'm helping to do some research for them. So I've just sort of been noticing and sort of collecting some information on different platforms that are online where you do purchasing of things. And what I've noticed is that in many apps or online places, the buy button is green, like the color green. And and I'm wondering, is that, you know, by design or is it by accident or is it, you know, Why? So, you know, because if you think about it, like Amazon, they don't have green buttons. There's a yellow, at least on my apps, they are. But so I was thinking about this in the sense of a behavioral psychologist perspective. Adam Altler uh, wrote a book called Drunk Tank Pink. You can see his TED Talk. He has a quick little TED Talk about it. But his book was very interesting. He's a behavioral psychologist from a few years ago, and he actually wrote about the social and biological experiments uh, that were conducted out of the public eye, like in psych wards and jail cells. Uh, with paint colors uh, surrounding people. And his theory, or what was presented in the book that he wrote about, was um, that this color, drunk tank pink, was referring to a particular shade of pink uh, painted on walls of jail cells. 
and it was a experiment it was conducted in canada actually and and in the 60s so it's not like super well it's old but it's not you know forever old and the drunk tank pink wall color was part of these experiments that was painted in these jail cells i think they were in ottawa area um and the particular uh, color was that what they found was that they would put the most violent prisoners inside these cells um, and then, you know, know what happened with them over time and over a period of almost like, nine months or a year, they noted that the, the prisoners that were in this particular colored room calmed down faster, had fewer outbursts of violence and aggression, and they were released sooner in the, in the over the long term of their sentences. Um, and, and so the commentary was would the color had something to do with it. And in Adam's book, he goes on and on and on about how, yeah, color has a lot of things to do with it. The theory with pink is that it reminds you of infant, like infant little girls or, you know, things that are juvenile and, and that calms people down. It's like almost like a mother daughter bond so that these male prisoners were seeing this color and thinking about things that were making them comforting with their mother was a theory. So my theory is, does green make you want to buy something? Um, you know, it means green from a stoplight perspective. Green means go, you know, green means, you know, proceed. So does it also mean that you need to buy and does that impact a buying decision? So that's what I, my, that's my commentary on green. And I invite, you know, everyone out there to notice when they're buying something or in their own software or online, are the things that make you go or purchase something, are they colored green? And if they're not, does that influence, do you think that influences your opinion on it? Very interesting. Something I'll have to uh, keep my eye on uh, in the future when I'm on some uh, different apps. Uh, you can find out how Melka can help you at www.greengencompany.com. Thank you, Melka. Enjoy what kind of green we have left out there before the leaves all start changing. We'll talk next week. Sounds great. Thanks so much, Dean. Bud, dope, flower, ganja, Mary Jane. We all have our own language when it comes to cannabis. Herb, John Lennon, plant, tie stick, salad. So let's explore another weed word of the day. Samuel L. Jackson, the Hobbit's Leaf, Lady Gaga, 420. All right, this is how we do it on uh, Weed Word of the Day. We give you one slang word and one industry standard word. I love the slang word this week. Uh, and by the way, if you have uh, some slang words that uh, that I haven't used or you want to let me know, hit me up on Twitter at the Cannabis 101 or you can send me an email, Cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. So this one is Viper. I'd never heard of this, but... It's a jazz era term for the cannabis smoker originating in the 1920s and 30s out of Harlem, uh, from what I found. The song, If You're a Viper, used a number of cannabis slang terms uh, from the time. And the term viper was inspired by the hissing sound when inhaling a skinny joint. Uh, so yeah, consider yourself a viper. Uh, if you like to smoke joints. Uh, the standard term is live resin, and this is extracted fresh cannabis that is kept at freezing temperatures through the entire process rather than dried, and then uh, the resin is extracted out of that, and that's the goodness that you get. Um, it's a concentrate like the shatter that I was using in the Utilion 5 uh, earlier today off the start of the show, and I'll be hitting it as soon as I sign off as well. 
which is right now. Uh, this has been a fun show. I'd like to thank Jesse Lavoie uh, for not only coming on this program and talking to me, but also for fighting for all the Manitobans out there that want to grow. And if you're a Manitoban and you want to get in and grow cannabis when this is lifted, you definitely should be supporting this guy. Tobagrown.ca is where you can find it. Our cannabis question today what kind of munchies do you get? What's your go-to for munchies? Send me a picture at the Cannabis 101, or you can email me, and you can also get in touch with me through email me if you would like to be a part of the show as a guest or an advertiser. That's Cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Thanks very much for joining us, everybody. Really appreciate uh, the responses that we've been getting from people and uh, the amount of people that are starting to listen to this show. It is an absolute pleasure to explore the world of cannabis with you. Big thanks to you, the listener, and Jesse Lavoie for joining me on the program today. My name is Dean Millard. We'll see you, talk to you rather, in a week's time. And as we go, as usual, we'll hear the marijuana song from the artist, My Dead Dog. Remember, it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. in your pipe and smoke it. We got a winner. I said we got a winner. We got a winner.